Welcome to the Partridge Podcast presented by Exodus 4x4. We are now recording. Ladies and gentlemen, hmm. Bubba. Yeah. Okay, we ready? Yeah. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Partridge Podcast. Sorry. Oh, wait, should I not? I had it on Tony's camera still. Start that over anyway. Oh, God. I have to get him in there. We can't even get 10 seconds in this podcast without you fucking it up. 22 seconds. You're okay. Mind your business. <laughs> I think you're overpaid for a producer. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Bubba, owner of Excess 4x4. To my right, <clears throat> Mr. Ryan Anderson. He, he does things. And then, uh, of course, coming remotely again from Jinx, Oklahoma, Mr. Tony Payne, who also has Trail Cartel YouTube channel. Check it out. All right, guys. Are we ready to start another episode? I'm ready. Ready. Mm -hmm. All right. So today we're talking about beadlocks. And Tony did a great uh, did a great job preparing us for this. He made a great outline for it. And then I didn't look at it. So uh, Ryan did, I think. Glazed, glazed. Oh boy! Which means oh we're, boy. which means we're a hundred percent more prepared than we've ever been prepared before. Because we have an outline, we're just not going to follow it. <laughs> we're getting there, man. We're getting there. Just imagine where we're going to be in a few months. So, no. But in all seriousness, Tony, you want to lead us on this real quick? Since yeah, you made I mean, the outline. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get a few questions just you know out on the trails. People who do and don't have bead locks asking about whether they should run them or not. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I've ran Hutchinson for a little bit and I've run the traditional, just the clamp on bead locks that you'd see like on ATXs or machetes or any of the KMC wheels. Yeah. And people ask me about the difference of that. And I thought, well, why don't we just unpack that? Because yeah. some of them are DOT, some of them are not. And, um, I think you're experimenting with a brand new style right now that I don't even know anything about. Yeah. Good timing. Good yeah. timing to have this podcast. So let's first talk about well, let's go into the different styles of beadlocks later on. So we talk about beadlocks and, and when, where, why would you do a beadlock? I think everybody here currently, as we speak, has a set of beadlocks in some capacity. You uh, recently sold your F-150, your Raptor, and acquired a Mojave. And also you're running the Bronco with the Sasquatch to beadlock capable wheels, but you're not beadlock right now. Ryan's got some KMC machete beadlocks, super popular beadlock as far as the KMC line goes. And then I'm running a new beadlock on the, on the Bronco, the, uh, Icon Rebound Pro interlock beadlock, which, you know, we'll talk about that later on. So in some capacity, we're all running the beadlocks and, or we have run them or we have not run them. Why would you run a beadlock? So I guess some people out there listening that, uh, would probably have some questions about when they should buy a beadlock or why you would buy a beadlock. So first we explain what a beadlock does and it, it does exactly what the name implies. It locks the bead into place on the wheel. In some cases it locks the bead, uh, it retains the bead in place that is facing outside the vehicle. And then in some cases you have a double beadlock that beadlocks both inner and outer beads into place. So we can, and we can unpack that a little bit more later because there's some certain brands that do that and some don't. So the question is, first of all, why would you run a B-Lock? To, to best answer that question, it depends on how you're going to be using the Jeep. So when a person comes in, they want to do a build and they're like, do I want B-Lock wheels? If you don't, if you think you want, you don't know whether you want B-Lock or wheels, you probably don't need B-Lock wheels, right? Would you agree? I gotta agree with that. Yeah. It one so, that looks like a block so you can get it fixed somewhere. Yeah, man. So that's, well, going, don't let me forget. We need to touch base on that. Um, you know, the, the serviceability of a B lock down the road, but you know, somebody coming in they're like, well, do I need B locks? Well, then you probably don't off road enough to understand what a B lock does and how it works. So you're probably not pushing the vehicle to the point where you need a B lock already or yet. So, uh, I think for most people out there that are they're buying these vehicles and they're they're building them up and doing stuff with them, they're probably not going off road enough to need need a bead lock. So, at what point do we need a bead lock, Tony? What point do you well, need me, a bead lock? For me, it's when I'm rock crawling. I'm going to air down. I'm going to be below 15 pounds. Um, I'm going to have side pressure from mm -hmm. rocks and stuff like that. Um, I want to be able to get as low as I can without losing that tire um, or rolling it off. 
So uh, that's why I would do it. Okay. Um, yeah. To further expand on that, uh, I guess we should explain why why we're airing down when we go rock crawling. Some people don't understand that. So it provides uh, better traction off-road, particularly in rock crawling, if you are able to air down the tire. And it makes the tire not as stiff. It makes the tire e- easier to, um, I guess, form around rocks when you're rock crawling. It allows some give to the tire when you're off rock crawling. And it ultimately, with that give, the tire sort of is able to uh, increase the footprint yep. on the rock and therefore provide more traction where if it was aired up, it'd be more stiff. Um, you can also resist a lot of punctures and damages when you're, when you're rock crawling because you're not, that tire's not as stiff. That's why most people will air down to, let's say, I like to air down to about 10 PSI. It also depends on, you know, and, and, and there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer to that. What's the right PSI to air down to? Because it really depends on the tire and the wheel combo that you have. Like, for instance, on my JK, I run a 20-inch beadlock with a 40-inch tire. I don't run, even on the highway, I don't run, I run like, it's, I know this sounds odd, 19 PSI. And uh, why I go with 19 instead of 20, um, that's for expansion. So as I'm going down the road and the, the tire, uh, you know, everything heats up, then the PSI in the tire is going to increase. And I don't want to be more than a certain PSI. I usually try to keep it close to 20 as possible. So I shoot for a little bit when I'm airing up cold, right under uh, 20. And the reason for that is because the, you know, well, if I go any more than that on a 40 inch tire with a 20 inch wheel, I feel like it, it rides a little too stiff for my, for my taste. So on that large of a tire, and then when I air down, I actually air down more than I normally would, I go down to about eight. So, but on a typical 40 inch with a 17 inch, um, even even the 37s and the 17s, I, I don't change very much there. So, now, about, do you find the the load range make the bigger difference? Because when I was running like um, Toyo, you know, and I'm getting a load range E, mm-hmm. I could let a lot of air out of that and not get squat on a JK. You know, just the tire didn't squat down as much yeah. as it would if I got a load range C Nitto. Um, where I could get, you know, a little bit bigger footprint or patch on the ground with, with more pressure. So, Yeah, again, I think it all depends on the combination you have and what PSI you feel comfortable with off-road. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to that. Uh, yeah. It just really depends on, and there's so many different combinations. So When people come up to you and go, how much pressure are you running? And you're yeah. like, I don't know what size tire you have for sure, and I don't know what tire you have, and I don't yeah. know what So you got to be a little bit um, careful about going, hey, I'm, I'm at eight. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, because eight for one guy is, is not enough for another guy. Remember when we went to on the JKX we were at Pismo Beach and uh dude, homeboy aired down <laughs> damn near let all the air out of the tires. Great dude. Like uh but we were on the sand and I'm like, man, I don't think you need to air down quite that much. But he was listening, I think he was listening to what everybody else was airing down. And that particular tire and wheel combo, that wasn't a good PSI for it. You know, so people need to be careful about you know, asking other people what they're running, unless they're running almost an identical setup. And the weight of the vehicle plays a huge role in that too. Uh, so, you know, a guy on a TJ, he might be running the same tire wheel combo as a guy on a JK. JK weighs a lot more though. So if he lets out as much pressure as that JK does, he's going to end up, um, he may not get the same traction that, you know, the guy in the JK does. So you got to be very careful about that and kind of find what works for you, the individual, and your combination. So, But overall, the, the airing down thing is to provide more traction. And we even did it in Baja, and we weren't rock crawling. This is one of the first things we did on that trip was air down. Um, but those guys were airing down on their Raptors, and we're in our Jeeps, and we're like, well, I'm already at 28 PSI. What you know? That's what I like to run on my combination of a wheel and tire on the Jeep is around 28. And here these guys in Raptors are airing down. So it's another example of you're not always going to do it when you're rock crawling, and it won't always be the same tire pressure because it depends on the platform. Do you have anything to include on that as far as uh, explaining why you would air down? Yeah, that's that's it for me. Keep from keep from puncturing the sidewall. It's a little bit more forgiving. Keep from rolling it off. Be able to get that pressure down so that when I'm rock crawling, I've got as much traction as possible. In the sand, that's the last place I want to roll one off and fill it full of sand. Oh, God. So, uh, great opportunity to, to run a beadlock. Uh, well, then you just 
then you just inadvertently threw some balancing beads in. So maybe it's not that bad, yeah. right? Maybe it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about balancing beads. But yeah. so that's a that's a good explanation. I think a pretty decent one. There there may be some uh, something I'm forgetting there about why you would air down. But so that's kind of the more or less the reason why we uh, as cheap owners or you know, I guess you could include Bronco in that group would air down uh, when we're going on a trail. Why would I want to be locked in? Is because the decreased air pressure inside the tire may maybe make it more susceptible to losing a bead when we start rock crawling. So we get on the trails and you, you've seen it, man, we can, we can really wad the tire up on that, on those rocks in, in ways where people are like, how's that tire going to survive going over this rock on that weight? But again, it's because we decrease air pressure, but the risk that you're now running because you don't have a bead lock is you can unseat the bead from the wheel and really uh, cause yourself a headache when you're out on the trail. And the way to, to to mitigate the possibility of losing a bead is with a bead lock. So, for those that don't quite understand what what that is, or you know how the bead lock operates and functions, and you need a visual on it, you can go over to my YouTube channel. There is a video on there about bead locks, and hopefully that'll explain. We also have a new video coming out. Um, it won't be long. Uh, in the next month or so, I hope, where we kind of talk about that new beadlock uh, from from Icon, which I'll explain a little bit more detail later on. But hopefully, um, for anybody that didn't understand beadlocks, that helps them understand beadlocks and why you would run it. It's basically to keep the tire on the wheel uh, with some air in it uh, until we get off the trail and we're able to air back up again. Um, so it's it's... It's allowing us to keep that tire aired down and, and get more traction off-road. Anything yep. to add before we go any further on beat locks? Well, I think let's talk just briefly about why you wouldn't want to run it. Oh, okay, beat. good point. You don't yeah. always want to beat lock, right? Right. Okay. I, expand I on that. Story. For me, I run them, but I don't mind. It's not a daily driver vehicle. I don't mind if I get a flat, I'll take it home. I'll take the wheel off. I'll dismount it. I'll take it to the tire shop. They'll patch it. I'll bring it back. I'll remount it, air it up, and put it on my vehicle. That that's not a major inconvenience for me, like in Rooster and some of some of the other purpose-built um, Jeeps that I've had in the past. But my daughter, she had her JL, and she was dead set that she was going to run Hutchison Rock Monsters, mm-hmm. and um, that's the dual interlock type of speed lock. And right. um, one of them where that present, yeah, where that presented a problem for me was as a daily driver. But she was in, you know, like right now she's in college in Stillwater. She has a flat. I can't get that repaired at the tire shop. I would have to drive over there and um, you have. take that off, dismount, and I did. Um, you know, I, I still feel I still got some red ass about that. I mean, how does a person get three nails and three tires in one day? Um, yeah. I think somebody did that, but um, you know, at that point, I just you know, after the fourth tire, I just went over and pulled off the B lock, put stock tires back on, it, and I was like, look, this is just what you're going to have to do so that you can get this repaired uh, locally, and that I don't have to get involved. So let's educate some people on that that don't are not familiar with bead locks. So if you if you listen to that first part where we kind of explain and talk about uh, why and the function of the bead lock, and it sounded good to you, you're like hell yeah, that's what I want to do. So then a good point Tony just brought up is the serviceability of a bead lock is a whole nother story. It's not as simple as going to a discount tire location saying hey I got a flat on this tire can you guys fix it, and they they take one look at it and they're like, Nope, we're not going to touch that. So you're going to find that most corporate tire stores, uh, most, not all, but most corporate tire stores, tire stores are not going to touch that bead lock because, uh, liability purposes. So a bead lock, um, does not the bead lock ring itself that is going to bolt to that wheel in, in, in most conventional, um, you know, designs of the bead lock. You know, you're going to mount the tire on the wheel, and then it, the the bead, the outer bead, is going to sit in a in its own little you know groove, and then you're going to take that ring, you're going to set it on top of that, and you're going to bolt it down, torque it down, and that's what's going to squish that outer bead to the wheel and keep it locked in place. So, imagine going up to a tire shop, and what? How many bolts would you say, Ryan, are on on the? It's twenty something. Twenty. Yeah, I don't remember. They're all like different. I think there's it's 23 or something. Like there's a different amount of bolts on every or every different bead, uh, all the different bead locks out there, but it's not an easy thing. You don't just put that ring on there and bolt it down, impact it down. You can use an impact to get it 
get, get most of the way there. But then at some point you have to take off, take that off and put a torque wrench on it. And you need to finish bolting all those down in a torque sequence to make sure they evenly bolt up. And so imagine if you go to a tire shop and you had to take that off, like the tire shop's not going to mess with it because you gotta, you know, take the beadlock ring off and then unseat the tire, patch the tire, remount it to the wheel and then mount the beadlock ring on it and follow that sequence correctly or cause damage to the wheel and possibly not mount it correctly. And then the guy goes off or, or whatever it takes off in it. And they have an issue where that wasn't installed properly. Then, you know, there's an accident or whatever. So I think most corporate tire shops just said, we're not gonna mess with bead locks anymore. So if you are going to own a bead lock and you're not going to do all the work yourself, you got to have a shop like ours that will, um, will do all that work for you. Take it in, dismount the tire, fix the flat, remount it, uh, retorque everything. So in that, you know, for us just to mount a tire on a B lock, a conventional B lock where we have a ring and all that, and we're going to do all that work. It's about a hundred bucks to mount and balance is what we charge because it's so damn time consuming to do it correctly. And plus on top of that, B locks are expensive. I mean, I think a KMC B lock now runs about almost 600 bucks yeah, a wheel. They're almost 600. Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to add a hundred dollars to that just for the mounting and balancing of that. So, and, and then the tire, I mean, it's quite expensive to own bead locks. And so not only is it, you know, the headaches of getting done with the initial setup of it, but the serviceability of it later on, people need to understand with bead locks, it's not that simple. And then I guess we could start talking about if we're going to talk about the complexity of the serviceability then that's something that we need to rehash again in a, in a little bit when we talk about the different styles of beadlocks. So beadlocks, it, it, it's becoming more of a, uh, as it's getting harder to find people that are, that are able to service them, probably become a little bit more of a headache to own them. And like I said, for somebody like us, you know, we know what we're doing with them. It's a little bit easier, but somebody comes into my shop and says, hey, do I want beadlocks? I mean, so you got to run all these things through your head like, is this person really going to be happy with this thing in a year from now? Um, and a lot of different factors go into that. Another thing that can go into whether or not a person wants a beadlock is the tire that you're selling them. When you sell them that tire and wheel package that includes a beadlock, you know, you want to make sure you put a tire on there that is going to be reliable, uh, not only in its performance, but also reliable in its availability down the road. So you don't want to buy Let's say you buy most people with a Jeep or Bronco, whatever, are going to buy five Raptor guys might buy six because they like to run two spares. You know, if you're going to be around Baja, you probably want two spares. You know, you want to make sure that if, if you're going to run into an issue, like sometimes tires just get ruined, uh, you know, brand new tire can, can take a shot to the sidewall and completely ruin that can't be fixed. So now you're going to have to buy another tire. So you got to make sure that when you buy the tires you put on there, that those tires are still going to be available in four or five months, which we know in this, in today's world, that is really, really hard. If you buy a 40 inch trail grappler, you might not see a 40 inch trail grappler again for a year, uh, you know, 12 to 18 months before another shipment comes in to the United States. So you got to be careful about what tire you buy. Right. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely agree on availability, mainly because I deal with it every day. Yeah, I mean, so this is a good this is a good uh, spot for you to jump in, Ryan, and tell us kind of like, let's talk about tires for a minute in regards to this, and and what do you see is the most available tire right now? And two, is, is two, 2022 is kicked off. What do we see most of right now in in the tires that we would be buying right. from 35 to 40s? Uh, right now, uh, 35s are fairly available. Um, and the tires that we use, 37s, uh, it's going to be more of like a uh, ridge grappler. They're pretty available right now. As far as your 40s and stuff, pretty much it's you get lucky. 38s, you get very, very lucky uh, just because those, I think, are the new things. But, uh, yeah, 40s unheard of right now for any brands that we use. Uh, there's some brands out there, of course, that we don't particularly care for that are available all the time. Sure. But – we're not going to sell them. So, yeah, I don't really consider them an option just because I, you know, without bringing them up, 
it, you know, there's just some things out there, some tires, some products that we don't bring up and we won't sell because of the reliability of them. This may be backing up a little bit, but I uh, thought of another reason that running B locks, because uh, I've run into this before with some customers, um, they have more of an offset. Um, some people like the look of the tire being further out, and B locks tend to have a wider offset to give them that look. So I have run across some of our customers that don't off-road want the bead lock because it sticks out further. Yeah, KMC is, you know, big on a three-and-a-half back spacing, so they've got a look. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, so most most we, of those bead locks that we sell in the KMC are going to be a three-and-a-half back spacing or, or 38, negative 38 offset. And that has to do, you know, so, I mean, a whole nother, I, <laughs> whole nother subject about how those numbers are derived. We and, can do that and what they mean, yeah, we could spend a lot of time talking about it in itself, but most KMCs that we sell are going to have the negative 38 or slash three and a half inch backspacing. So a guy that, that and that's a backspacing that is, um, uh, for whatever reason, isn't very popular in the non-beadlock category uh, of, of, you know, the standard wheel. So that might be a reason somebody would want to beadlock is just for that offset or backspacing. Yeah. Uh, another thing I just thought of it as well uh, with the uh, especially with the KMCs you can personalize the ring to powder coat it a color that you prefer. Yeah, we have a lot of customers like to do that too. There's some re- there's some some non B lock options uh, where you can take the ring off of the wheel and have it powder coated, but few and far between compared to the B locks. Most B locks out there uh, that run a you know a single bead locking system on it, or or like you said, where they have the ring on them and uh, they want to get it painted a different color because that's their accent color on their vehicle or whatever. So that affords them the opportunity to do that. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we do sell some B-locks to guys that have absolutely no desire to go off-road. They just like the look, and they, they can personalize the, the ring. Yeah. So, yeah. I've noticed that, and I don't know, you know, Brian, you chime in on this, but um, – if I'm if I'm looking at a fuel wheel, there's usually a bead lock option and a non bead lock option that look almost identical. Yeah, the covert like, is like that. yeah, and the Anzo they do a good job with that, and it seems like Icon does a pretty good job of having Correct. like a version and then a pro version. Yeah. So, um, well, but now, I don't think KMC does that same thing, you know. KMC. Yeah, it seems like they have very distinct, very unique looking bead locks that I I personally love, but mm-hmm. I don't see a, a non bead lock version that. I think there's a couple that, that are offered that way. Uh, they're not very popular models. Uh, I think there were some Robbie Gordon designs in the KMCB locks. Maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, I may be wrong there. But, yeah, I think uh, I think for the most part that covers a lot of the questions people have about what a B-lock is and how it works. I think we've explained that well. But, now let's talk about the different types of beadlocks again, where we're talking about, you know, as far as what's available. So, you know, like KMCs, we mentioned many times, uh, I think all their beadlocks are the, the outer bead uh, locking only. So you could still, I've seen guys do it, lose the inner bead. Right. It's, it's, it, it doesn't seem like it happens often, but it's, you, you know, it's happened. So, when you talk about something like the Hutchinson Rock Monster, which is going to be a very popular uh, beadlock in some regards, it's a it's it's the dual bead. It has a rubber boot, so it's a two piece wheel. It doesn't have the ring on the outside. The wheel is going to bolt together. It's going to have this rubber boot that goes on the inside. It sandwiches in a sort of an inverse way pushes the yeah. beads out against the wheel itself from the inside out. So instead of it from a ring bolted on the outside, pushing the bead into the wheel. Now you got this rubber, very stiff rubber boot on the inside. That's pushing the beads out and sandwiching them both inner and outer beads up against the wheel itself. And the only downside that I ever found to those, uh, because I really, I like that wheel a lot was the O-ring that, that, keeps the air in so it's a two-piece wheel so when it is bolting together there's a very large diameter o-ring that goes inside well it's not large diameter in that the o-ring itself is large it's just the size of the o-ring overall uh, is very large so that is actually what seals the the air into the wheel and every now and then we've run across an instance where it didn't seal great 
and you know, let's say one out of five wheels leaked, you know, every now and then you'd find one. Well, we just made that one the spare and, uh, in spite of all our efforts to take it apart and get it to seal, it didn't work. So we just like, well, that's the spare and we just made sure it stayed aired up. Um, so it's not the most reliable beadlock in terms of keeping air, you know, um, like some of the other designs, but it is a overall, it's a very good looking beadlock. It doesn't have the offset options that I think the KMC did. I don't know. It, maybe it does, but, uh, I like their five lug pattern. Hutchinson rock monster didn't really care for their eight lug patterns, uh, which I think is the same as the six, but a good looking wheel expensive wheel hard to get wheel whenever you want it so maybe not the best option because if you want to you know you're like you know what i need to get another wheel they may not be there whenever you want them so then i think there's another company that makes a dual bead beadlock wheel but i can't remember the name doesn't trail ready make a dual bead no i don't know trail ready's kind of like King's i know they're Kansas. more outer but i thought they had a dual bead also no i don't believe so oh. uh I can't remember the name of that. It's like BAD, B-A-D. It's like an acronym, though. It's like BEAD Assist Device Wheel or whatever. I think that's a dual wheel. I never installed one of them, never mounted one. I uh, can't really speak about whether it's good or not because, because of that. So I think uh, overall, uh, well, no, I guess that we need to talk about the Icon Rebound Pro, which is a new beadlock, which is very unconventional way of doing a beadlock. So on it, it's a single bead again, uh, like the KMC, but you mount the tire on there the same way you would mount any tire to any wheel. A non-beadlock. A non-beadlock. Yeah. And then there's bolts all the way around. So you screw these bolts in until they're, uh, they're actually, what they do is they screw into the wheel and then they come out on the very back side, on, on the inside of the wheel, but on the very back side of the outside bead, if you're tracking, yeah. it's kind of hard to explain. I did it, but, and it's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and every one of these bolts has a little O-ring on it. So you mount, you put the tire on the wheel just like you would any uh, conventional wheel and tire combo. And then you run these in, and you torque them to 20 foot-pounds, and you air, air it up. And Ryan, you did you did the ones that we put on the Bronco recently. Would you say that was probably one of the easiest? Oh, by far the quickest and easiest. Yeah, quickest and easiest. Now we don't know. We haven't taken it off road and tested it. Right. Um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure how. You know, even if we did take it off road and we aired down to like, so let's say we aired down to 12 psi, and we went kind of crawling it. I'm not. I don't want to say that if I took it out one trip and nothing happened, nothing went wrong, that that gives the green light to go ahead on it. But I think the the concept is sound, and I think it'll work. But the other thing is the bonus. Not only does it the tire mount easy and the beadlock part of it go faster, the, the wheel itself is a lot cheaper. So that wheel for the JKs and JLs and, and the Broncos – Run about three hundred eighty-eight dollars, so less than four bucks. Actually, it's three hundred eighty-eight dollars. So when did that become a bargain? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess when all the uh, the other B locks went up in price. Yeah, because even before the B locks went up in price, the other ones went up in price. They were still over four hundred dollars. I mean, they were close to five hundred dollars. So, you know, this is still a pretty good deal. Uh, a, a good wheel that a person buys for their Jeep, you know, when they're doing a tire and wheel combo, you know, your average somewhere around 250 bucks, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So not twice as much, uh, but still a pretty good deal. Just and a I, little over a hundred dollars more to have a bead lock. Yeah. It's not bad. And I think for us to charge it, instead of charging a hundred bucks, we charge about, I think it's, I think it's about 45 or 50 bucks total to mount and balance those because it does take, you know, we still got to take a little bit more time. There's prep, there's prep time. You gotta, you gotta anti seize all the bolts. Uh, you gotta put all the, well, no, the O rings are on there. You gotta put all the anti seize on them, run them, in, run them in until they're flushed on the inside, and then after it's done, you run them in, and then you have to torque them. So there's there's more time involved, but not nearly as much time as it would be 
Oh, you know what? That brings up a good point. One tire that we, uh, I would say we normally charge about a hundred bucks to mount and balance any other, you know, tire on a, on a conventional beat lock, like say a KMC. If you're running Cooper SDT pros though, you're going to charge extra because the bead on that is thick enough. It becomes a headache. It's a pain in the ass to mount that bead lock ring on there. Sometimes requires a spacer on certain wheels. Yeah, you've done, you did yours, right? A couple, mm-hmm. you've done quite a few STT pros. Yes. And it's a nightmare. 100%. Yeah. Total nightmare. I'm just not a big fan of that tire because of that reason. It's not even about the performance. Tony, how much time have you spent on those? Um, zero. Nope. Yeah. yeah. I've Nitto had them. <laughs> What's that? I'm a Nitto fanboy. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a fanboy, but I'm definitely an, a fan of them. Uh, Nittos and the Coopers I like, but man, it's just, it's just such a pain in the ass to mount, mount on a beadlock and I'm going to run beadlocks most of the time. Another thing that we brought up that he brought up, Tony actually brought up was the uh, beadlock versus beadlock capable uh, was something else. Well, I'm going to let Tony talk about that because yeah. he's the one running beadlock capable wheels. Yes. Let's hear what those are. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, be lock capable is like what comes on the Bronco or what comes on the uh, recon package now. Yeah. On a Jeep. So, it actually comes with more of what it looks like a bead lock. It's a beauty ring, right? And then you have to call up somebody like Ryan, shameless plug, and uh, ask him, you know, how do I get the actual kit? And then he's going to probably tell you to go to Mopar or tell you to go to Ford, but he still wants you to call him. Um, and uh, you, then you have to dismount the tire. You have to move it out uh, a ledge on the tire because right now it's on the inside, like a traditional rim. You right. have to have it dismounted and pulled out one, one level. And then you, you know, with the real ring, not the beauty ring that came on it, you can actually do an outer clamp style. So it's still an outer clamp style. Um, I'm personally running mine right now in non bead lock on the Bronco because I'm just daily driving it and the tires on it that came with it are pretty soft. So I'm anticipating flats and patches and I just want to be able to go over to discount tire. Yeah. And I've had mixed experiences even pulling up with uh, those trail readies that I had on Rooster and say, hey, man, just rotate these for me. Um, I don't want to deal with it. Just rotate them. And one discount tire won't even touch them because they're beadlocks. And then you drive across town and the other one's like, yeah, yeah, as long as I don't have to air them up or down, I'll rotate them. Yeah. So, um, but Well, I think that's, that's them interpreting their corporate policy. You know, exactly. that's the human error interpretation. So. Yep. Yeah. And, but you're going to, you may run into that problem. So that's something to think about when somebody's choosing a bean lock, you know, it's like, you can't even get a discount to rotate them. Sometimes yeah. you can't. And no how matter dangerous. how much you argue with them and try and rationalize why it's okay. They just won't budge from it. So I'm sorry. I wouldn't want to be a tire guy right now with these bead re- bead lock ready ones, because how do you identify whether somebody, you know, made the change or not? You know? And so, What's our responsibility is, as the owner of the vehicle to let them know that, hey, we've moved this to a beadlock position now so that they're not over there smashing on it with the tire machine, breaking your rims. Oh, man. We actually saw, I don't know how they did it, but they mounted a, it was a, it was a tire mounted on a beadlock. Uh, it was a KMC beadlock, I think, and they mounted it, um, just like you said, more like a beadlock capable wheel. And there was a huge it gap. Went all the way in. Huh? It went all the way in? Yeah, it went all the way in with it. Oh my God. There, like, Hey, we're going to go ahead and pull this off. And they weren't even there for, um, I don't even think that's why they were here, but we ended up pulling all their tires and wheels off and remounting them the right way. Cause they just, they just went to like a discount or somewhere and the, the guy just bolted the ring on it and then he mounted the tire on the wheel. Um, it, it I don't know. I, I feel like that was a, a bit sketchy cause I don't think they're designed to be run that way, but um, so he used the ring as like the outer lip, so to speak. No, man, they just had the ring bolted on there and somehow they got that, that, we, that tire to mount on the inside of the, of the, the rim, yeah. the wheel. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was uh, just trying to picture it. Yeah. yeah. It was sketchy. So man, and you could see right down into the bolt yes. holes and yeah. oh my God, they're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> they're driving around like that. I was like, Oh, Okay. Go sit down for a while. We'll we'll get back to you. So it's gonna be a minute. Yeah, <laughs> um, have a donut. Talk to the beard. <laughs> Talk to the beard. <laughs> hey, so um, not to interrupt you. Sorry. No, please interrupt. The uh, the beadlock capable wheels that you have on the Bronco. 
have you priced through Ford what those rings cost? Yeah, it's around $100 a ring. I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what it costs to replace that wheel entirely. Ooh. Yeah. Well, if you buy KMC, it's five sixty-seven a whip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good question, though. What it would cost to replace it through Ford Yeah, if you broke stuff. it. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just trying to say, is it is it cheaper to buy the vehicle with that V-lock capable wheel and then buy that ring to make it a V-lock? And then, you know, you got to take it into a tire shop and have them break it down. And then uh, then you got to move the, the, the tire to the outer outer lip where it's going to mount. And then, you know, is it really, are they people really saving any money doing that? I don't know. Yeah. Or is it cheaper just to go aftermarket right off the bat? Or, you know, to buy a model that doesn't have B-Lock capable wheels and then just buying your aftermarket wheels and doing it all yeah. yourself. So, I mean, that I don't know. I haven't done the math on that yet. Well, I think what would come into play there, too, especially now, is availability. Yeah. Trying to get that wheel again would be next to impossible, I imagine. Especially No, 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 no. I'm just saying if you, if you bought the vehicle with B-Lock capable wheels. Right. Okay. Is it cheaper to buy that model that has the B-Lock capable wheels then it is to, because you're going to have to do some work to make those things actual beadlocks. Mm. And then like on yours, Tony, you're talking about the tire that's on that. You don't even like that tire really. Cause it's really soft. Uh, it's not the best tire. Uh, so then you, you those know, 33 and a half. Those 33 and a half. <laughs> hey, the 35s read the brochure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then you're going to buy another tire cause you know, you, that tire kind of sucks. I mean, it looks good and it probably performs well for most people that are buying that model of Jeep or well, I don't think, what are the Jeeps put on there on the well, recon package? Uh, is it still the uh, wild peak Falcon? They still use that on the recon or the no, I thought Falcon. the recon was Nitto or was Nitto. Is it not anymore? I, I have I'm no idea. Sure. Well, they have that new recon package, that extreme recon. Yeah. I don't know. What I don't it know comes about with. extreme, but I know the recon. I'm Googling. You guys talk. Yeah, no, that's what I was doing too. KO2, that's on you. KO2s? KO2s, yeah. So BFGs. Yeah. I, I guess the one I saw at the car show had been swapped out. Yeah, I don't think Nitto's got that contract. Um, gotcha. I'm a liar. Well. Just, but I corrected myself, so. Just in this regard. We'll give you some slack. There's some grace. But yeah, so how likely are you to use that wheel, Tony? I mean, knowing that you have them on the Bronco, you could make them B-lock wheels, but you know, you don't like the tire that's on there. You probably, I mean, if you're going to go that much trouble, I wouldn't keep that tire on there. No, um, if I was to run those wheels, I'd, I would want spacers to get the offset that I wanted. And, um, you know, I'm going to change the tires, but, you know, full disclosure, I bought machetes for it, right? Yep. So obviously I'm not going to run it. I... But I, you know, going back to that thing, I ordered a new Raptor like in 20 and I think it was like $1,800 to go to the beadlock wheels over the factory wheels on it. So and that's just for them, right? It's not the spare. Right. And I, but I never did take them to a beadlock position. I just got it, you know, for the look, it was just a better looking wheel. So you're talking so, about $400 a wheel or over 400 bucks, 450 bucks a wheel. And it's not even beadlock, uh, capable. It's beadlock cable, but it's not a beadlock uh, function and, yet. I spend another hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. So then you spend another hundred dollars and imagine that most people that are going to be doing this are going to be paying someone else to do it. So then you got to pay the labor to do it. So there's a lot going into that, that the beadlock capable option that you're buying. If you buy the beadlock capable wheels, doesn't necessarily mean it's a good deal. And I don't, I don't believe in them. I don't, it's not for me. I don't, I don't know who out there is, is thinking this is a great deal other than somebody that's not familiar with beadlocks. Ford's not setting them up like that. So well, they can't not DOT right when they're not, and I don't think they're DOT compliant anymore. I don't, I don't know, but I think it's oh, I don't know. that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. I, I don't know if those wheels sure. are DOT compliant. Uh Oh, Ryan has are. grabbed his phone in a most aggressive manner. And it appears he's going to Google this subject for us to see if the, uh, beadlock cable wheels on the, on the recon and the Bronco are DOT compliant. I'm and sure they, they are in position, right? But when you move them to beadlock position, I bet they're for off-road use only. Oh, uh, yeah. The old off-road use only. I bet you the beadlock ring you get when you when you upgrade, you, you spend that extra 100 bucks. it probably says it on there for off-road use only. I noticed that the KMCs, um, not the machetes, but the other 
models of beadlocks uh, would say that on them for off-road use only. Now, it's important to note then that not all beadlock wheels uh, say that. The Hutchinson Rock Monsters are DOT approved. I think me are methods also? We don't know. I don't know no. about the methods. It okay. says that the Mopar one is DOT approved even after because they consider it a true beadlock. So, yeah, the Mopar one is anyway. Hmm. Well, then I would imagine that the Ford, the one on the Bronco is the same because I'm, I'm – it's the same function. I am surprised that I thought just, I thought what made it not DOT compliant, but here I'm learning was the fact that it was an outer clamp style. So, um, and that's why the inner dual, uh, beadlock from, um, Hutchison, you know, that's why it is a DOT compliant. Yeah. They didn't have that clamp. So yeah, what can me learn? Well, I mean, I think it all, it's all, uh, depending on the state you're in also like Texas, for example, they don't care. Like, I, I don't think I've, I've been pulled over several times, mostly speeding. Um, yeah. Yeah. 99% of speeding. Uh, that. I can't imagine. Yeah. Shut up. I can't think of any other reason why I was ever pulled over, uh, that it wasn't for speeding, but, uh, I've never had an officer look at my wheels and go, <clears throat> guys getting a ticket for these bead locks or ask me, are those, Hutchinson rock monsters. I mean, most, I guess, police officers, you know, highway patrol, whatever, in the state of Texas don't either. They don't know or they don't care, but it doesn't seem to be a thing. Or a little of both. Or a little of both. Ford Performance Parts. It says B-block configuration is for off-road use only. Ah, well, there you go. Well, Mopar well now, now say, he's yeah, questioning. Now, now, now the question is, why would Mopar allow it then? I think okay, you're both so right. Uh, yeah, no, no, he's right. He's right. Because it says it can be mounted in the inner location for DOT approved. If it's in the outer location, though, it still meets FCA US LLC standards. But I guess that doesn't say that it's still DOT Yeah, just approved. because it meets FCA. So it's only DOT approved if it's in the inner location. Yeah, which, which makes sense. The, yeah. That makes sense. So, so it's $7.99 today for a set of four. Say again? $7.99. For a set of four. So that's $200 on a CCA. pop. You're good at math. That's crazy. Well, it's not quite. Well, not quite. Do you get five of them? Oh, set of four, you said. No. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Set of four. No, set of five. I lied. Oh, set it's of five. five. Still, so uh, what, 100, 120 bucks each? That's about yep. what the, I think the I think the Jeep ones were a little bit more than that. I had a buddy that just bought them for his. I 120 say, or 100 man i want to say they were like 149 or something like that through jeep some weird thing i have a copy of somebody's invoice because somebody sent it it's to 160 dollars a there, piece there you go that's a that's insane for a beadlock ring for just the ring you mess one up one ring is 190 on there so you get a little discount for buying five. Oh, that's, well, that's nice of them bullshit that's enough reason for me that alone is enough reason for me not to what is a beadlock ring cost for kmc like 50 bucks no it's about it's about 90 90 to 100 really mm -hmm. yeah damn that's and everything's going up what's the deal yeah it's about 90 to 100 uh, don't answer that hell with this oh we can't say that um yeah don't get flagged that. and then we'll have to create another podcast that with an opposing view <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway so, yeah, we'll so talk about that later but, they're all uh, about the same cost yeah uh, apparently, if you buy one at a time from Ford, there is an ADM of seventy dollars. <laughs> ADM. <laughs> oh, those ADMs! <laughs> I'm glad I paid an ADM on my Bronco so they could screw the fucking body up on it. By literally screwing, screwed it up. Literally <laughs> screwed it up. Yours hmm. screwed up. That many? They put two holes in it for that front license plate bracket. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe that they was, put that in the body. Why wouldn't you put that in that the ADM plastic was for the board? labor? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> those two self tappers that they put right through the paint—that was beautiful. I mean, why not? Why not just screw it on the side of the vehicle at that point? You know you what I mean? As well. Let's make it. Let's decorate this bitch. Yeah. Let's put let's put that license plate. And the only reason they did it was so that they could put the the dealership name on it somewhere. Yeah, dicks. It, there's so many dealers out there doing it. I don't want to name just that one, but anyways, we're getting off topic a little bit. Yep. Uh, beadlocks. So we, you know, for the most part, beadlocks aren't for everybody. Do you feel like the ratio of people that are going to run beadlocks 
is decreasing. Do you know what I mean? With all the different people coming into the market, let's say you have these new platforms being introduced. The 392 Wrangler I've witnessed has brought people into the Jeep world that previously wouldn't have bought a Jeep. All right. The Bronco is bringing some people in uh, that previously wouldn't have owned an off-road vehicle. So are we, you know, is the ratio of, of vehicles out there with B-Logs, is it, is, it, is it getting further apart, you think? It's got to be. Yeah, my guess is, is that most people won't do it. They're going to run something that looks good to them, and they're going to use that thing as a daily driver like I'm using mine for right now. Yeah. And, uh, and just be happy with that. So yeah. I would say I would say in the Bronco world there's probably gonna be less with with V locks than there is without. For yeah. sure. That'd be my yeah, and I wonder I'm sure if these... same way, it's just our circle, that circle that we wheel in, our Jeep friends that we know. Yeah. They're all We know, don't notice it. We don't notice it there because the guys are gonna run V locks regardless. You know, I wonder how many Jeep people are actually buying like that recon package with the V lock capable wheels are actually using those wheels as bead locks i mean i've seen it here i've seen some come in where they actually converted them to bead locks or they bought the bead lock wheel this is before it was available on the recon you know some gladiators come in with them and a guy bought the mopar bead locks and i wonder what drove that decision rather than buy an aftermarket bead lock that would have been cheaper um and in my yeah. opinion a salesman saying that it's been installed by yeah mopar. oh that's that's a good one i guess yeah. i guess that's where they're getting um or sucker to find anything. Yeah, it was like that on the showroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think of that the one he drives. Their B lock cable. Mm-hmm. The Mopar ones. Oh, and that we picked that thing up. It had the Mopar lift on it and the Mopar wheels on it, but they're not in the B lock position. And we looked at the price of the rings, and I was like, I don't think we're going to do it. Yeah, and so that and that kind of brings me back to what I was saying earlier. I mean, if you had that on there, you looked at it and you go. Well, I want beadlocks. Is it worth it to make this a you know a full on beadlock, or is it just worth it to buy a different beadlock? It's a shop truck. I want to be able to take it to discount or someplace and get the tire fixed if it needs it. Um, yeah, you know, to me, it, it, there's times where he'll probably off road it and, and follow me on trips and stuff, but it it's far outweighed that that it's going to be driven on pavement and that we need to have a tire fixed quickly to keep back on road and keep doing work. You know. Yeah. It's definitely, I don't think the beadlock is, it's definitely not a convenience feature, right? Owning that wheel is not a convenience. I, we've established that. Uh, so it, it comes down more use of functionality and looks. And I think most people are buying them more based on looks than they are functionality because, uh, you know, unless it's just a trail buggy that you're hauling to every, you know, every, hauling to go off-road every weekend or where, whenever you're off-roading, um, you know, if you're putting B-locks on your daily driver, you're you're probably doing it more for the aesthetics than you are for the function because it's going to be more of a pain in the ass to own that thing as a B-lock. Um, so that's why kind of going back I'm, uh, with the with the interlock from Icon, the Icon Rebound Pro, uh, hopefully they come out with different wheel designs because that's the only one I think it's available in is that Rebound, which is a popular wheel and it looks good, but... Um, I think for the most part, it's going to, it's going to check the boxes people need and it's not going to be overpriced. And I don't know that you could still go to a, uh, at, you know, corporate tire shop and then be able to work with it. I still don't think you're going to be there, but I think you could find tire shops, you know, mom and pops. that will be like, Oh, that's all you got to do. You know, just run these bolts out. And then, you know, change it like you normally would and then run them back in. I think you'll, you'll find that you'll probably get more. You'll be able to find those guys a lot easier than, um, than you would if you had a regular beadlock on it. I could also see that being a nightmare. Oh, yeah? Oh, running those things in with an impact and not even caring what the torque is on well, it? Well, yeah, you probably want to supervise those guys doing it. Make sure they're not just uh, going to three ugga-uggas yeah. as the torque 20 spec. foot-pounds comes quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll see us like in our video, Ryan runs them in, but he doesn't run them in. And then uh, we, I don't know if we explained that in the video or not. We don't run them in with an impact and just send it home every time. Uh, we run the run them down, and then we follow it back up with the torque wrench, and the, the bolt is actually still turning before it, it meets torque. So, I mean, yeah. we kind of have a feel for how those things work. Um, 
So yeah, but I could see a guy just being in a tire shop and just Yep, that's it. Yep. It'd be cut cut damn. So here um here's a bag of O rings that I um that come with every single wheel. Uh so that was important important to point out that Icon does give you extra O rings with the wheels. So here they are. I need to put those in the glove box, keep them around and keep them handy in case one starts leaking. But so far I've noticed on that wheel that we haven't lost any tire pressure whatsoever. So none out of the five are leaking. So that's a great install job right there. Are you shamelessly plugging yourself? Uh, Oh yeah. I'm bragging 100%. You ran the bolts in (laughs) and torqued them to spec. What? And 28 opportunities for leaks and Ryan nailed them. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing about those 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 wheels is they don't require as many bolts as the other uh, B-locks do. No, I think it's 14. Yeah. Enough to keep the bead on the on the wheel from sliding in and, and coming unseated. So I don't want to turn this podcast into a, a plug for the Icon Rebound Pro, but I, I think yeah. when we're talking about overall, it, it, it yeah, it's a good idea. I mean, it really is. I'm anxious to see how it performs off-road. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't mind putting it on um, that vehicle platform because of the way I'm going to use that vehicle. I think that it fits the needs of that vehicle very much because if I was to take it to Baja and I wanted to air down on my tire pressure, maybe like from, you know, right around 30 on those to down to 20 or something because I'm going to be on roads, you know, dirt roads, going fast all the time on a little bit more, you know, give in case I, you know, take some hits hard on the road, then that was a good wheel choice for it. If I was going to go rock crawling a lot in that, I don't know that that's the same beadlock that I would choose, right? I mean, and I don't know how those beadlock capable wheels that you're getting on the Bronco and the Jeep uh, recon packages, how well, I don't know the spacing is on those and, and the beads on them and, you know, how effective they are. I've really never, ever been with somebody that was uh, rock crawling with any of those, so I can't tell you how good those are have you tony no like i said i've I've had three or four vehicles with them i never went to the trouble to buy the kit or put them on there but no but let me ask you this when you went to the bronco off rodeo were those uh the mules that you were using there were those set up were the did you notice whether those were set up or not as beatlocks they still have the allen head so if that's your that's your kind of your telltale they've still got the allen head button screws on them you're you're probably in the beauty ring spot Mm-hmm. And uh, because they come with a hex head and more of a hardened steel bolt, typically. When you convert it to a beadlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is it an inset or is it like rounded? Yeah. Are they kind of countersunk into the ring? Yeah. Just a little bit. The button the button head ones are just, you know, you just barely feel the button around the ring. I haven't seen the actual beadlocks in person, but from the pictures, it's got more of a hex head. So. Okay. Yeah. Well... I think overall, I think what we've established that that B locks are not the. Uh, I don't know. Uh, what would you say? What what would what have we established in this topic of B locks? Well, I know you had asked it about decreasing or whatever not too long ago. I'd just come back in after the five second blackout of me walking across the camera. Well, what I um, mean is, are we seeing uh, are we seeing more people buy B locks, or we see you know that are first time off road people. Um, coming in because we get guys, you know, it, it, people that have never owned an off-road vehicle before coming in. They have a, a, a healthy enough budget that they can swing the B-locks. Are we seeing those types of sales or, or guys just like, nah, I don't really need that? Uh, once again, I'll sell them mainly because they'll see like ones in the parking lot with the rings, you know, powder coated to match a color and they like that. Yeah. Um, it's the same guys that, you know, they'll want to do coilovers, even though just because they like coilovers, not necessarily because they'll ever use them for coilovers, but because they like them and they want them type of thing. And the same thing there, personalizing the springs, you know? I mean, so. Yeah. Well, you know. Seeing people straight up by coilovers because they can paint more stuff. Yeah. They can match it. You know, they can put more accent colors in there under, you know, in the fenders, uh, fender wells area. Super strange reason to go to coilovers, but. 
Hey, you know, I'm all about personalizing though. I mean, you know, making it different than everybody else, you know, and yeah, luckily with Jeep and I'm sure Bronco in the future, you know, it's being able to change everything like the Mr. Potato head, you know, and makes it, I don't know, makes it more yours. It's funny that you use Mr. Potato head as the, uh, as the analogy, you can change everything. I would use an AR, um, <laughs> Because, you know, I've always said Jeeps are the AR-15s of the of the vehicle world because you can change so many different things out. There's so many different things, uh, options for them. And you chose Mr. Potato Head. I literally have always, even our customers, I tell them it's the Mr. Potato Head of the SUV world. Oh, man. It's, you know. The stark contrast between us is astonishing <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Nonetheless, personalizing is one of the reasons to do it and we do sell just for personalization purposes well that's what we do we yeah. personalize vehicles here on, on on various different budgets and scales so yeah. yes it offers a, an opportunity one more opportunity for people to add their touch to the vehicle so not only is it a a, a beadlock is a wheel sometimes that you can only get that pattern in um and then you can take it a little bit further and you can customize that uh the ring color uh, I know on my F-150, I'm running a ring color on there that uh, most people, you will never see that color again. It's not red. It's not black. It's uh, sort of a weird tan, dark, very dark tan color on my F-150. So, yeah, and the, and that was very intentional was to, to make that different color as different as, as some of the other ones. Yeah. I was going to run beadlocks regardless on that truck. So just doing that, uh, it you know gave me another opportunity to make it a little bit different. So I, maybe that's what most people are doing with it. And I think uh, most people that we sell beadlocks to, that's the reason they're doing it is for the aesthetics uh, more over the functions. Yeah. So the people that buy beadlocks for the functions of them already know they're getting beadlocks. Oh, it's yeah. not even a question. Yeah. So, I mean, for when they come in here and like, you don't you even have to earlier, sell it to yeah. them. They're already, no. they've already sold themselves on the idea and now yeah. they're just looking for the best deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and even then, they'll they'll still sometimes personalize it with their color too. Oh yeah, an option that they may have not really thought about before. Yeah, yeah. Now they're like, oh, really? And I've anodized the rings on these as well. I was talking to Tony about it last night because you know he's got those uh, raw finish machetes, machetes, whereas uh, the say machined what? ones. Yeah, they're totally machined. Yeah. And so I was like, man, we could anodize the ring uh, on it red, and it comes out that anodized. When you anodize that raw aluminum like that, it comes out like almost crimson, like the the Rubicon trim uh, color, you know, uh, like the on red. the dash. Well, not the dash so much as the the decals on the side. Oh, okay. Um, that almost identical match to it. So that's why I was like, hey, man, that might look good on your Bronco. So. So you have a Mojave now. I do. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. I heard you say I'm very disappointed in Tony and his decisions. Why? Because well, I like uses orange as an accent color, so automatically a favorite in my book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I buy it. I mean, you know, there's various other reasons, but yeah, orange is pretty helpful. Yeah, but I don't think I sold them on the red trim for the Bronco wheel. I think he was. I'm still. I still can't visualize it with Area 51. So I'm still. Oh, I think. I think it looks good. It looked very American. Did Spicer did it? Didn't they with theirs? No, that I don't big know. Donkey toy looking build they did. I don't know. I don't know. Mm -mm. Didn't Synergy do a red and blue? But it was different. I think it was red with blue accents. Yeah, that's a whole different deal. Yeah, that was a JK. I think. Yeah, I don't know why you even brought that up. It's completely oh, red, and, red and blue. Yeah. As we finish this podcast, I'm trying to figure out why I bought beadlock for the Bronco. <laughs> why? Because you already had them. Well, yeah, I guess I don't. I don't like the backspacing on the uh, factory wheels. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, I was I quite. I'm on the opposite now that you're talking about what I'm. Well, if we talk about what I'm gonna do with the Bronco, um, maybe I want to bring mine in. So yeah, we can wrap it up now. What do you think, guys? Ready to go back to work? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. He's <laughs> like, hey, Kool-Aid, I'm going to see him bust through that wall. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, for everybody, for joining us. And make sure, how do we close this? Do you remember?
How do we normally close this? I don't know. That's typically uh, by mom is all I say. Oh I man, I forgot I don't, to bring yeah, her up. I don't, I don't know what part of it you say, but I just I just say by mom. So yeah, that's all. I, that's all I have to remember. Man, I'll I'll tell you what. So I brought up uh I brought up about you know getting a TJ or something like that to build a trail rig, which it's a long story, but nonetheless. Uh, my mom after i brought it up to her she goes oh are you going to be putting long arms on it to make the ride smoother and i was like what and she's like yeah i I, she's like seriously listening to these podcasts and absorbing information i feel like she could she could handle your job here almost better than you could (laughs) ask her what she knows about that soundboard yeah <laughs> well, I, I mean, I knew she was listening to it because she always tells me she, oh, I can't wait to listen to it, and she always hits me up and asks when it's coming out. But yeah, she was like, like absorbing the information. I was pretty amazed at that. But yeah, she asked well, me about a long arm kit and everything else like that, and I was like, wow. Well, yeah. bless her. Wouldn't it be awesome if she made us some cookies or maybe a meatloaf or something one day? Oh man, yeah. wouldn't it be funny if they just sat down a meatloaf right here and we? Oh, there we go. You couldn't. Enjoy Let's try it, that. Tony, but... Let's see how that works out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll come down there for meatloaf don't don't tempt me with a good time <laughs> does she make a good meatloaf ryan i Careful everything she makes is delicious ah there we go there's the right there answer go. it's it's made with we love it's made with love yeah and that's all that's important. i believe that i think your mom really loves you and makes the best meatloaf mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been so long since i've had a meatloaf at my mom's house i don't even remember you totally no. derailed this entire podcast we gotta have we're talking about talking about fucking meatloaf right now calling in an order rest in peace all right thanks everybody especially ryan's mom for listening and make sure you check us out next time